Hey, what's up? Y'all doing good this morning? Good. Man, God's good, isn't he? Right? It's been an awesome morning so far. I was moved, man. That living God, it gets me stirred up, man, because we have a very real and present God here with us today, and I believe God's going to do some awesome stuff, okay? So if it's your first time here, my name's Buck Benton. I get to serve you as the campus pastor here at Connection Church Dublin. I'm very humbled, honored, and thankful that I get to do that. I don't take that for granted. I believe that God planted me among the most amazing people on the planet. I love you very much, and I'm thankful that God put me in this community, okay? So I want to I do a couple things real quick. Uh, before we get going, first of all is this, like, that's incredible. Those things Brittany read off, God is doing it exceedingly abundantly more than I ever thought possible, and, uh, and he's moving in a crazy way. So I want to I stop just a second, and I want to say, uh, if you've been coming here and you serve, uh, if you'll see, you guys should have seen blue shirts when you walked in or orange shirts serving uh, in Connection Kids. Or if, if you've been coming to serve or, or you've been giving toward our ministry, I want to tell you something. You have a hand in what God's doing here. You are a mover and shaker of the kingdom of God. All right? So I want to tell you something. I want to take a second. I want to celebrate you like crazy. Can we just do that and just say thank you? And from the bottom of my heart... And this has just been an incredible experience, and, and this is just a generous church with some awesome people. So I personally wanted to take a second and just say thank you. The next thing is this. I want to give you a little instruction. After the service, you'll see these papers right here. You're probably like, man, what is this for? We're going to have a connect group meet and greet uh, slash sign up. So if you haven't gotten plugged into a connect group and maybe you've been thinking about it, like I've heard a lot about them, I don't know what they are, we're going to have all of our leaders and co-leaders, okay? So out there, if you're a co-leader, we want you to come down forward and you'll have a chance to meet these folks, all right? So find the least weirdest one and get plugged in, okay? So find the one that kind of fits you. I'm joking. No, they're, they're all really awesome. They're good people. And uh, I pray that you would do that. The second thing is this. If you've been coming here for a while and you feel like God's leading you, that this is your church, you want to become heart and soul with our mission and vision here at Connection Church, next Sunday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to meet at our office space right over here. And uh, we're going to have our heart and soul class, okay? And what the heart and soul uh, class is, is it's basically the foundations of a growing relationship with Jesus and who we are at Connection Church, okay? It's an awesome experience. We're not real crazy about the word membership. That's not what we want for you. What we want for you is a real relationship with Christ, and we want to show you how we do ministry and why we do it the way we do, okay? Cool. All right? You guys ready to go? You guys ready to get into this thing? I'm excited about this week. I think it's going to be awesome. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 12. This is where we will be for real most of the time this week. And I want to share with you, last week we, we started a series that we're calling Bigger Than Me, okay? Bigger Than Me. And what Bigger Than Me is all about is the church. And that we talked about out of Colossians chapter 1 that the Bible says that all things are from him, from Jesus, for Jesus, created by Jesus. Hear that again. All things are created by him, for him, and through him. And of all the things God created, the heavens and the earth and the universe, he looked down on this small, very insignificant planet, and he looked into this insignificant planet, and he said, these people right here, these will be my church. This will be my church. This is my prized possession. That he could have made his glory known however he wanted to, whenever he wanted to, yet he gave us the invitation to be his church. All right? So God has a very special plan for his church. And so if that's true, which it is because the Bible says it, 
The church is not about this. The church is not, how can it best fit into me? Does that make sense? How can I make the church about me? No, 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 no. How can we as the body make the church about him? Right? And that's really the lens we all look through. And we believe that's what God's word says. Okay? So last week, we talked about we must be at Connection Church Dublin. We must be a place of hope. That if people can't find hope when they come to Connection Church Dublin, where are they going to find it? Okay? That we have to be a staple of hope. A place where people that are hurting, that are broken, they can come in and come as they are. And have an experience with Jesus, y'all. That's who we must be. And if you missed that, you could check us out on the podcast or you can go back and listen to that. I would really love for you to do that because we're really shaping who we are as a church, okay? And the reason we share that is because we want to be the church Jesus Christ said we should be, all right? And so this week, we're going to be talking about this. If you're taking notes, we must be a generous church, okay? We must be a generous church. And so I'm excited about this and I really want to share my heart for generosity, um, can we just go ahead and be real in here for a second? How many times does it just get awkward, like money in church? Let's just be honest. Raise your hand if you know that. Like, that, it is. It is, right? Like, you know, the, the first time it comes up and everyone's like, all right, what's the, what's the gimmick? What's the, what's the deal? Man, I want to tell you all something. This is my hope today. That idea, if I had something to throw down, I would squash it. I, w- I want to squash that culture, all right? I want to squash it. There are no gimmicks here, Okay? There's no secret fund. In fact, here's the deal. I I really don't want to talk you into giving. All right? You're like, okay, this is weird, right? No, my hope for you is the same thing it is every week. My hope and everything I I breathe and hope for you is that you would get connected to a growing relationship with Jesus. Amen? And that's where it starts, okay? And that's where it all begins. For that to happen, okay, we must understand what God's Word says about generosity. Does that make sense? So I want to be very clear and very transparent is this, is that I want you to see what God's word is in this area of your life. And look, here's the deal, man. Somebody prayed and they felt like God was calling me here. They gave me the keys to pastor this church. We're not going to make it awkward, all right? Y'all on board with that? Can we do that? Need some response. Somebody say yes or no, okay? (laughs) Amen. Thank you. All right. So today's the day we're going to go ahead and set that foundation, all right? We're going to be talking about what God's heart is for generosity. But before I do that, I, I want to share, and, and I was getting ready to open up this sermon, uh, just giving some stats, and, and, uh, and I felt like God was wanting me to lead into something different. And yesterday I was spending time, um, I had a great experience this weekend, by the way. I, I went to my first race at the track. Y'all ever been to that thing? That's a different world, you know? Uh, a friend of ours in the church, he was racing, and he invited me to go. But anyway, before I went, I spent some time at the office praying and, and getting ready for the message today. And I felt like God was speaking into my heart. Let, let the people know the heart of our church, okay? To let you know. So I want to tell you something. And this is what I wake up every day and believe. I believe this every single day. And I was writing this down. God wants to change this community through us. Okay? Hear that again. I believe that every single day that God has given us a foothold in this community and he wants to use us to change this community for his glory. I believe that every morning I wake up. Lord, my prayer for us today is this, that we would not waste this one life we've been given. Hear that again. I pray that we wouldn't live lives that we've wasted, that's been a good gift to us. I pray we would live them with tremendous purpose, not full of bad decisions and things we, we wish we'd have done differently. I pray we would do that. Okay? I want to take a second and speak to you. This is my heart for you. Some of you may have came in here today hurting, broken, afraid, not knowing what this church thing is about. I want to tell you something. I want to speak to you, okay? God loves you, and I'm excited you're here. 
And I believe this, that we must be a church that's very generous and we love our community well. I felt like something God was telling me yesterday. Our community will recognize us and know us by the way we love it. Hear that again. Our community will recognize us and know us by the way we serve and love it. And for that to happen, we must be a generous church. Amen? We must be. We must be. So I want to tell you this. We are going to. We're going to flip this city upside down for Jesus. That's going to happen. I believe God wants that with all my heart. That's why, that's why we're here. That's why I'm here. Because I know there are people that are on that fence that are hurting, that are broken, that are looking for answers that they're not going to find because this world puts a Band-Aid on a, heart, on, a, on a situation that needs heart surgery. You hear me? I know that. And so I believe that we're going to do that here. I believe that God's going to use us to do that. But to do that, we must be generous. We must take the gospel to this community. Don't let it sit in here with us. We must love and be generous to this community. You guys with me on that? Let's pray and let's get into the word of God. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for how you've put this thing together. God, thank you for all the things we just saw of all you're doing here. Lord, if it wasn't for generous people, God, Connection Church Dublin would not exist. God, Connection Church Millen would not exist. Connection Church Fidelia would not exist. Connection Church Statesboro would not exist. Lord, there would be none. And Lord, this is not about us. God, this is all about you. And Lord, I pray that never changes. Lord, I pray Jesus would be the forefront of all we do. He's the decisions we make. He's the person we look at. And God, that we use everything we've been given to be stewarded well, to advance your kingdom. God, I pray that today you would just give me the words to say. Lord, let these words be yours. God, help me to preach in faith. God, help me to preach your word. Lord, don't let it be anything about me. God, let it be all about Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In thy name, amen. Amen. All right, cool. So I'm going to answer this question today. What does God desire for us in the area of money, possessions, and generosity, all right? And I want you to really think about that. And I'm going to read uh, a few verses. We're going to be in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 15. I'm going to read and uh, maybe stop and preach a little on the way. And uh, we're going to have some examples, and, and uh, it's going to be an awesome day. I'm excited uh, about that. So remember this. I want you to focus on your heart and what God wants for your heart. So what does God desire for us in the area of money? Uh, possessions and generosity. Let's read this. Verse 13. It says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Okay? Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Okay? The first thing I want you to see in this text is life is more than possessions. Hear that again. Life is more than possessions. Okay? See, Jesus is basically saying this in this text of this dude comes up and, and like Jesus has got some authority, right? Like people follow him. He's got all the answers. And he says, almost like tattling, like, Jesus, 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 tell this brother of mine, I, I need to get what, what's coming to me. I need my inheritance, Lord. Like, tell him to give me what's rightfully mine. Right? I think about it like this, like, uh, like if, if I get one hamburger, how many of you have a sibling that's close in age? Like I have a brother that's three, year young, three years younger. And so uh, when, when something comes up, maybe it's the last hamburger on the way to practice, right? What, what's the deal? We want to divide it in half. We want our inheritance. We want our share, right? And so this person comes and he's like, Jesus, I need what's mine. Tell my brother to give me my part of the inheritance, okay? And so his eyes are focused on this specific thing, this possession. 
And it's almost like Jesus says this. He says, you know, who made me a judge? He says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. I feel like what Jesus is saying is this. Son, you're focused on the wrong details. Okay? Hear that again. Son, you're focused on the wrong details. He says, be on watch. Be careful at what you're looking at. Be careful at what you're focused on. Okay? So one thing I want to leave you, and I feel like God uh, showed me this, is this. Don't make your life about the details. Hear that again. Don't make your life about the details. Don't focus on the wrong ones. Okay? So I say this. Possessions are not wrong. Y'all know that, right? Okay? Possessions are not wrong. Okay? It is okay to have possessions. What's wrong is for possessions to have us. All right? Hear that again. It's not wrong to possess things. But what is wrong is for things to possess us. All right? I'll give you an example. It's, it's almost like this. Of, you know, when every decision in your life gets made and all of your time, money, energy, thoughts, and affections become about these things, okay? Our eyes are focused in the wrong place. Does that make sense? When we're looking around here, and I'll, I'll build this out a little bit more and show you what I'm talking about, okay? And it's the same thing with your money, right? Y'all know money's not a bad thing? Some of you, man, I hope, man, I hope you get loaded, dude. I hope you work hard and, and like grow to the top of your company because we need Christian leaders at the top. Y'all hear me? I pray that we grow, you grow to the top. But here's the deal. Money's not wrong. God wants you to have your money. He doesn't want your money to have you, okay? Hear that again, one more time. God doesn't want your money to have you. That all of your decisions are based around this slavery of wherever is the immediate need, like that's where I've got to go. And that all of my decisions and energy are based on these things and we're missing out on the best thing, okay? I want to share with you something I thought was pretty cool about the fear of living life for possessions, okay, and things, all right? These are some famous last words, and I'm going to uh, show you guys an example in a minute. But uh, here's some famous last words, right? How many times do we get to do life? Everybody hold your finger up, make sure everybody's awake. Somebody, somebody put up a two. No, I'm kidding. I'm like, let me know your secret. Uh, but these are famous last words when someone had reached the end of their life. This is Elizabeth I. She said this, all of my possessions for just one moment, okay? Basically, what she's saying is, all this stuff, Elizabeth I, right? Like, got everything, like the keys to an to a entire country. I would give it all for just another moment of time. That all the things she had in this earth, like, when it got to the end, they weren't going with her, right? Second thing is this, Tony Hancock, a British comedian, he said this. He said, nobody will ever know I existed, okay? Nothing to leave behind me. Nothing to pass on. Nobody to mourn me. He said, that's the bitterest blow of them all. So he says this, he's like, man, when I got to the end, evidently he had not invested in anyone else or anything. He said, there's nothing. I've arrived and there's no, I take nothing with me. It's gone. Now I want to flip the perspective. Now these are devout believers, heroes of the faith. Um, the first one is Patrick Henry. This is really cool, okay? This is what he said on his deathbed, the last words. He's talking to his doctor. He says, doctor... I wish you to observe how real and how beneficial the religion of Christ is to a man about to die, okay? Here it again, with this one life. It says, this is all the inheritance I give to my dear family, the religion of Christ, which will give them one which will make them rich indeed, okay? Hear that again. He, he's telling them on his deathbed, let me tell you about this. If you've got this, man, I leave behind the richest inheritance I could have for my family. He, he's witnessing to his doctor as he's on his deathbed, and he's like, understand the comfort in his voice. 
of knowing the rich, uh, the rich thing that waits on him on the other side, all right? Another guy, John Milton, British poet, he said this. He says, death is the great key that opens the palace to eternity, all right? He was looking at the riches to come, not the riches here. Does that make sense? He says, when I die, I step into the great key. The key is unlocked for eternity, an inheritance that's waiting on me, all right? Two voices of fear, two voices of confidence, okay? Two voices of fear, two voices of confidence. So I say in response to that, ask yourself this question. I really would like for you to write this down if you're taking notes. What do I want to invest this one life in? Hear that again. That really centers the room. No matter where you're at with Jesus, okay, this is the thing. Reality. One life, all right? All of us have that. One life. What do I want to invest this life in? Time, money, energy, thoughts, and affections, all right? Let's move forward. Let's read. So Jesus builds this out in a parable next. We're going to read verses 16 through 21. Um, Let's see what Christ says about this, okay? So remember, the man is looking at riches here, and then Jesus begins to teach him. He says this, he says, And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Here's the reality. Take this with you. Second thing I want you to take with you. Everything you have is borrowed. Okay? Everything you have is borrowed. And I want to I show you guys an illustration real quick. Hopefully this will go well and the tape will work. And this will not take 20 minutes to do something simple. Okay? Y'all cool? Y'all got a second? Everybody good? All right, cool. I want to make a line right here. That's really loud. Worked out really well. Okay. So this is everything we have. Every earthly possession. Right here. Okay. This is what he's talking about. So I'm going to kind of scatter a few around. Scatter some things here and there. That one rolled away. Um, But this is what he's saying. He says this. That if the heart and your eyes are focused here in this kingdom. Okay. And for the rest of the day, this is going to be our eternity line that we all will meet one day, okay? And here's the deal. This part of the stage is very short because that's what life is. The Bible says it's like a vapor. It's like a a mist. That means it's like here today, gone tomorrow. But understand, across this line, this stage goes on way outside of Dublin, way the heck outside. I think that's headed toward Wrightsville. Is that right? Anywhere? No? I don't know. I'm not good with directions. But it goes on for forever, okay? All right? And so we're going to talk about this life on this side of the eternity line, Okay? And so what he's saying is this, when your eyes get fixated, okay, when your eyes get fixated on this life and everything becomes about me, 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 me in this life, this is what it looks like. We spend our time walking this way in circles, okay, trying to grab as many possessions as we can, all right, trying to find as many things as we can and everything, every decision is made toward this. Does that make sense? We're looking down at the ground and 
Anytime something comes on us that, that would take this from us, this is what the fists look like. We pick them up, and it's a, you're not going to have it. You hear me? You're not going to have my stuff. It's mine. It's mine. And so what happens is this, is that we, we live this life, and everything's about accumulating. Everything's here. Me, 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 best for me, best for me, best for me. And we spend our whole time walking around in circles until finally we reach the eternity line. And this life that was lived for these things, they drop to the ground. And we step over. And what happens is people behind us just pick them up, right? There's a great, a, a great story I remember hearing one time of a man that worked his whole life. All he wanted was land. Didn't invest in anyone. He wanted land. And he wanted to give it to his family. And it said that he worked, he worked, he worked, he worked, he worked for this land. And on his deathbed, he died. All of his family sold every piece he earned. Like right after Took the possessions, you know? And so think about that. If, if you're a slave to these things, man, look, think about it. You spend your whole life looking down and not looking up at light, right? And Jesus is saying that. He's saying this in this parable. He says, beware of a greedy life, right? Beware of a greedy life, you know? And so here's the deal. 100% of people in here, we struggle with this, including myself. You know that? Like, I struggle with this. I struggle with my eyes being fixated on the kingdom, right? And I live like this eternity line is not the real thing. I struggle with that, right? Can we all be honest with that? It's a, it's a fight. It's a struggle. So here's the cool part. Y'all know that God's awesome, right? Y'all know that? God gives us instruction how to defend against this life, how to make sure this isn't us, okay? Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I'm going to talk a second and talk about how God didn't leave us alone. Like he had a plan. He had a plan, and he knew. The New Testament talks about this subject more than anything else because he knew this would be the greatest competitor for us. Does that make sense? This would be the thing that warred against our hearts the most. Because see, here's the thing. Y'all know what God don't want? He don't want this. He wants your heart. Hear that again. This is not what it's about. He wants your heart. Why? Because he loves you and he cares for you and he wants to free you from the chains of this world. Right? He wants to set the captives free. They're captivated by sin, death, and this world. All right? So let's read this. This is a promise from God. And the only time that I found, and like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm learning and I'm reading every day. And, but the only time I found God to say, test me in this. He said this. Verse 10, chapter 3. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And I'll explain what a tithe is. Okay? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there, will be, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. And check this out. Check out the second half of this promise. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Okay? Let me tell you what that means. What the, what the tithe looks like. What God's saying is this. Of all the things we get, okay, of all the things we have that come in, God's saying the tithe is one-tenth, okay? That means of 100% of all God has given us, all right? He says, you keep a tenth in front of you and on me, you put it, you invest it in me and my house. He says, I'll, I'll bless you, I'll take care of you. But see, here's the thing. 
Tithing does three things. I'm going to build this first one out. You might want to write this down. Tithing and generous giving, number one, it protects our heart. All right, hear that again. It protects our heart. That's what protects us from this. It's what protects us from being slaves to this world is that if we are given our first fruits to God, if we're given that first tenth of God, all right, it's constantly keeping our eyes up and saying, man, this is real. Like this is, this is the real thing. God, your word says that this is what I'm supposed to do, that this will protect my heart. God, I believe you are who you say you are. And what this signifies, all right, is that you believe in faith that God has 100%, that 100% of what you've been given has been given to you. Does that make sense? Well, some of you think, man, I've worked, I've done all this, I've done all this. Who, who, who created you? Who formed you in your mother's womb and gave you everything you've got, right? And so it's saying, God, thank you. Thank you for 100%. Here's a little bit back to you, okay? And I want to speak to folks in here is this, is if this is new to you, and I've never, listen, I was a grown man the first time I, I had this explained to me. How many of you didn't know, like I didn't know why you'd give to a church? I just thought it might be something good to do. You know what I mean? But it's not about that. God wants your heart and he speaks about it. And so it makes a lot of sense to me when I think about, man, like God really has given me 100%. Here's the first tenth back to him, okay? Now the cool part is, he doesn't stop there, okay? The second thing tithing and generous giving does is this, is it advances the kingdom. Take that with you. It advances the kingdom. So what God's doing to protect our heart, to keep us focused on him and not ourselves and not this world, he takes what we're investing and he multiplies our kingdom, his kingdom. Does that make sense? So with what's happening here at the church, when we give generously to the churches, this is taken and it's being multiplied that he's using his church to reach the world through you, through your generous giving. So as he's protecting your heart, he's advancing his kingdom, right? Like how genius is that? Doesn't that make a lot of sense? I'm like, man, that's incredible. That's awesome. The third thing it does is this, and this is the part I want to stop and speak on a minute. It blesses us, okay? This is the crazy part. It blesses us and builds our faith, okay? It blesses us and builds our faith, all right? Just like anything else, just like that first step, when someone comes to know Jesus and they step across that line and give their lives to Christ, this is a, this is a step, right? Because if you've never done it before, like you don't know what it's going to be like, just like anything else, you know? But it's a faithful step, and when you faithfully take that step, what you're going to learn is God's not only going to bless you, but he's going to increase your faith because you're going to watch God begin to free you of this life set on sin and self and that relationship with God that you're insecure about when you take that faithful step to get saved and you begin to obey him in every area of your life including all these areas especially finances like he, he begins to show you like I'm real I'm the real thing I'm going to take care of you I'm going to bless you all right I, I've seen this before in my life and the cool part is God not only is concerned with the tent, because I want to tell you something a lot of folks do, especially church people. Y'all check this out. They give that tent, and it's like, I'm about to live it up, baby. You know what I mean? I've done my job, and now let's go get her done. All right? That's not a, anyway, that's not derogative. Anyway, uh, but you, 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 it's not about the tenth. Is that God says, here, here's mine, and then be generous with the 90. You know, live this life with the 90 with decisions for me in mind. Okay? I want to share a couple stories with y'all of things we've seen in our church. All right, is We had the opportunity to meet a need this week okay? as a church, a real need. Okay? Uh, it had to do with a young man, and there was a, a need met. And so we met the need as a church, 
and I uh, got to meet the young man, and he's like, man, I'm coming, man, I'm going to come to y'all's group, man, that's awesome, thank you for doing what you're doing. Y'all, he came on Wednesday night in front of all his peers, eyes wide open, nobody there. He said, this Jesus y'all talking about, I want to trust Jesus with my life, I'm done with sin, right? But where did it start? It started with a generous heart. And the cool part is the person that gave uh, this amount of money, a special circumstance came up, refunded the person the exact amount they gave. The day it happened, right? You can't, can you make this stuff up? Second thing, and this is me, me and Carly, and uh, this was probably the biggest step of faith I've had to make in generosity is uh, a few months ago, God was telling us to give a way beyond our means money away. And I'm like, I really don't want to do that, you know? And God was telling us to give it away to a ministry that wasn't ours. And I'm like, God, hold on, wait up, wait, 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 wait. If you're going to make me give a bunch of money away, by gosh, make it be my ministry. You know what I mean? Make it be the one I, you've led me to be a part of. And man, he, he, he dealt with me about it. And it was way beyond our means. And, and I wrestled with him, and I wrestled, and Carly and I wrestled, and finally we were like, all right, all right, you got it. Wrote a check on a Saturday. This is no lie. Some of you have been a part of this. Somebody that was a part of this, they sit in this service right now, and she's going to know what I'm talking about. But we wrote this check on a Saturday, Saturday at lunch. Okay, all right, we did it. That day, our sons, Devin and Sebastian, they both were graduating high school. They're adopted. I didn't, anyway, um, I'm not that old. Uh, they were graduating from high school, all right? And we had a party to celebrate them. And so these gifts start coming in. I'm like, dang, man, they're racking up. It's pretty cool. All right? Next day, I show up to service. During pre-service, many of you here, God had put it on someone's heart to give a generous gift for the boys and us, our family. It's like, man, that's awesome, Okay? I'm sitting right here, okay, uh, getting ready for service. I'm getting fired up. Y'all know, like, I'm a pretty fired up guy. You know, I'm getting in the zone. I'm about to go preach. And a lady comes and she shakes me. And I'm like, holy mess. Like, ah, you know, it scared me. And she's looking at me like this. And she says, God told me to give you this. Put it in my pocket. I'm like, okay, all right, nervous, okay. Put it in my pocket. We go and have service, preach, and uh, get done with service. And I look in my pocket. It was $200. I was like, man, that's awesome. We go home, put all the money together, $200 more than what we gave the day before. Amen. I mean, I, I can't, you can't make this stuff up. And, and the thing, I want to give you a little homework, just so you'll know this comes from the Bible. Go home and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, okay? And what it's talking about there is when we're generous, and generous means not, the, not just the tenth, but we live generous lives, we meet needs, okay? When we do that, that God blesses us, just like that. Not only financially, but he grows our faith and he takes care of us. It's not always financial, okay? And I believe this. There's no better expression of God's love than generosity, okay? There's no greater expression of God's love than generosity. And I believe this, just like I said earlier. The community will know us by how generous we are. And I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the lives you live. Time, money, energy, thoughts, and affections, Okay? That's the life you live. Because here's the deal. I don't want, this, this isn't what today is about. Today's about your heart. And God wanting it. Okay? That's what today is about. A another instance of someone in here, someone um, talking about the one-on-one -on -one project and missions and outreach. Someone that sits among you right now. Uh, I saw God do a radical work in his heart. It's one of my favorite stories of God's done here. Comes and gives me an envelope two weeks later and says, this needs to go to missions. I mean, what? I mean, just a, a, a solid amount. That's someone that's sitting right here right now among you, right? God's doing a work in this church. You hear me? And he's good. Amen? Amen. 
Now the rest of this, I'm going uh, to read the rest of this text. If you'll turn back to Luke 11, Luke 12, I'm sorry. I've never seen this in all my life. And like I said, it wasn't until about three years ago that I got serious about my faith. Many of you are probably coming like, yeah, he's a preacher, man. Y'all, I want to tell you, I, I used to live it up not, many, not long ago, okay? And I just started reading my Bible seriously about four years ago, three years ago. So I don't ever want you to look at me as, man, I've been where you're sitting, many of you. If this is your first steps of getting involved, like I, I, it was not long ago, I'm where you're at, okay? But I've read this text a few times in Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 22. And I've always thought it just dealt with money. I mean, I'm sorry, I thought it only just dealt with worry. But the reality of it is it deals with our heart and the kingdom, okay? And it's much more than that. It has much more to do with our heart and the kingdom and where our heart's at. And so it's really cool. I want to read this and quickly go through it. And, and I just pray right now, just have an open heart to what God's speaking to you, okay? Verse 22, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body or what you will wear. Those are the basics. Y'all, if, if I can be completely honest with you, how many times do we worry about the details of life? What Jesus is saying here is don't worry about the details, okay? It says, verse 23, For life is more than food, the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet Jesus feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Okay? Wow, is right. 27. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Verse 29. Y'all hear this, okay? This is, this is so, man, I, I struggle with worry so much. It says, and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world, that means those that aren't of Christ, that runs after such things. And your Father knows that you need them. Now, verse 32, 31. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you as well. Last thing I want you to hear is this. Our heart is meant for the kingdom, not for the details. Hear that again. Our heart and our eyes are meant for the kingdom, not for the details. Does that make sense? You want to alleviate worry? You want to begin to see God do a work in your life? Take your eyes off the details, put your eyes on the kingdom. And y'all, I'm preaching to myself because I struggle with this all the time. I struggle with this. But I want to tell you something. When you lift your eyes and you put them on the kingdom, there's freedom there. And I know that feeling. At first, it's offensive, right? At first, it's offensive. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about our heart. When we hear that something's wrong with our heart, it's offensive. We're like, man, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold on to this right here. And you think that God's taken something from you, but once you find out, when you open up your heart and let him do what he's doing, there's freedom. You step into eternity for forever. Amen? Amen. That's what God's word says. Worry comes when we're focused on the details. Freedom comes when we're focused on the kingdom. Set your heart on the kingdom, and I'll take care of the details. That's what God's word says. Right? That's a good word, isn't it? Amen? Let's finish the text. Verse 32, it says, Do not be afraid, little flock, 
For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you that freedom. Today, if you walked in with bondage, sin, whatever you're struggling with, he says he wants to give you the kingdom. He doesn't want to withhold it from you. He says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Verse 33, sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves. That will, that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to tell you something. This is the eternity line. We're going back to it right here. When our eyes are not set on the kingdom, when we have never experienced the love of Christ, we've never truly gotten saved. If you've never given your life to Christ, your eyes are set here, okay? But this is what God's word says. If we'll listen, if he's speaking into your heart, he wants to save you today. If you'll listen and put your eyes up, all right? You're going to step into heaven, and guess what? Your investments, not talking just about your money, but your time, money, energy, thoughts, and affections, you're investing it across the line in eternity. Check it out. Instead of a hand, a heart that's here, that's going to step into eternity empty and separated from God, he says this, you're investing. You're investing in the kingdom. You're investing your life in the kingdom. You're not wasting it. You're investing. You're investing your life in the kingdom. There's freedom and looking at Christ, there's freedom in looking at the kingdom. And he says, here's the deal. When that final day comes, there's going to be no worry at that line. That as you grow in your faith, and today many of you are probably going to take your first step today, as you grow in your faith, you begin to look forward to this line and not fear it. Because I want to tell you something. When you get to the line, there's a rich inheritance waiting with you. And man, I can't wait to be there with you. Celebrating what we were created to do, and that's worship Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? So I want to tell you something, and I'm, I, I pray we're setting culture today, okay? We're setting culture today, that this is just who we are. It's not something that we awkwardly dance around. It's just who we are. We share the truth from God's Word, and we try our best to live it. We want to live by faith. And so today, this is what I believe, and God put this in my heart. He, he, he told me, he was like, man, I'm praying. He, he wants me to pray. There are captives that need to be set free in this room, people that have been captivated by sin, shame in this world. All right? And man, this is what God's word says. It says, it's with your heart that you believe, and with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. And God will take you into the eternity line today, right now. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to fix it up. You may have come in here with all kinds of stuff on you. But I want to tell you, I want to set the culture today. The thing we celebrate like crazy is when people don't let pride and, and, and fear hold them back from stepping into eternity. Today's the day. I pray if God's doing that with you, and you want to get saved and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask if you'd be bold and raise your hand. And we're not going to do anything weird. We want to, we want to celebrate like crazy. All right? We want to celebrate with you. Is that anybody here today that you know this was for you? And I'm going to give you a second. That's something we, we want to offer. Is that anybody here today? doesn't have to be awkward or weird or no hands laying on. Like, we, we want to celebrate your decision. Is that anybody here today? Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Would y'all celebrate with me? Amen. One, one thing I've learned is when the ice gets broken, a lot of people have it on their heart, and that it just takes that first person taking the plunge. I want to give you a second. Is there anybody else that you know this is you? Man, you ain't, you ain't by yourself. You got many. Many that, that want to know Jesus today and want to be in the kingdom of God. Is that anybody else? Man, God's good. Amen? Amen. Today's been an awesome day, man. It really has. I want to tell you, I love you guys more than you could ever possibly know. 
I'm so thankful God called us here to do this, okay? So we're about to worship God in song. And after this song's over, I'm going to ask that all the Connect Group leaders come. And uh, Connect Group leaders and co-leaders, grab your sheet. And man, if y'all aren't doing life with people, man, you are missing out. These people are awesome. We want you to get signed up with the Connect Group. We want to put you in community, okay? And people that begin to help you take your first steps, and, and uh, it's going to be awesome, all right? Would you guys pray with me? And let's thank God for today. God, thank you for the day. Lord, thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you for salvation. God, thank you for, um, God, thank you for freedom and joy. Lord, for so long in my life, I can speak into it because I know that dark place. I know the fear of the eternity line. God, I know that fear so well. And Lord, thank you that you didn't keep me in bondage, God, but you spoke into my life through the saving power of the gospel and you freed me from those chains. And God, there's gonna be more of it. I believe it. I just do. So Lord, thank you for the day. God, I pray over every heart that responded to Jesus. God, I pray that you would um, just begin and continue the work you're doing in their heart. And God, uh, I just say thank you for today. Lord, we love you. In thy name, amen.